0: book recos between the pages i'm jess and i'm lauren and we're the pals behind book recos this is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between
1: and there were a few books that came out this summer that were literally everywhere everywhere and so today we're going to share our thoughts on some of them from that taylor jenkins
0: read book and not one but two reese's book club picks 2021 was a hot book summer We loved it, didn't we? So good for it.
1: So usually our first episode of the month, we recap our favourite read from the month prior. But as we are recapping all of summer anyway, I feel like that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I agree. The ones we're discussing were brilliant on the whole, so I think we're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's our podcast, so we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jess, do you want to kick us off? Yes. Okay. The book I'm going to kick us off with came out first out of all of these, and it's also the first one I read, but I did not read it in summer. I read it in January, <laughs> because that Ooh. is when I received my proof copy, and I was too excited to not immediately read it.
0: You? Oh, I know, you know? what you're about
1: to say. Yeah, I know. What yeah. You I have a vivid
0: recollection of you jumping around when you got it and putting it on stories. Yeah.
1: You oh, did that. God, it was good. Okay. So, my gal, Taylor Jenkins Reid, every book is amazing, and this was her most recent book, Malibu Rising. So, it came out in May 2021. Uh, technically spring, but it's very much summer vibes. And I Briefly mentioned it in our time travel episode And that's because it tells the story of the family of one of Evelyn Hugo's husbands Ah oh, we love it Right And the husband is Mick Drama Drums. So much Love it. The husband is uh, Mick Reaver um sad times for me i read the whole book pronouncing it in my head as river and then i heard her talk about the book at the stylist literary festival and she pronounced it as Reva. so that was sad for me
0: i i kind of get what what you mean though because he spells it like r-i-v-a right so it's almost like slang river right
1: yeah, and yeah, I don't think it helps. I have a nephew called River, so River's just on my mind. Oh, what a baby! What, what a cutie!
0: Um, has that ever happened to you? So many times, Jess, <laughs> I can't count. But you know how bad I am with names, anyway. So obviously, I can't remember them today. But this is um, kind of kind of aucs, But there's a publisher that I always pronounce wrong, oh. and you always give me shit
1: for it. <laughs> Tell the listeners, Lauren, I know exactly which. One um
0: is. okay, let me just think about it. It's called why don't you say what
1: you call
0: it? <laughs> and then everyone can try and guess. Yeah. If they yeah. know the
1: publisher. It's called uh Quircus, guys. That's what it's actually called. You got it right. Fuck, have I? Yeah. So Lauren usually <laughs> Oh my god, it... you've jumped into me! Yeah. She usually Sur- calls it Q circus. We call ourselves readers, and we can't even read... Pusackers. Maybe we're wrong about Quercus, and I just assumed. If anyone from from Cusackers
0: is listening, <laughs> get in touch, it's let not us just, know. It's not
1: just Lauren, though. It's not just Lauren. Because it's not
0: just me. You do have one, I pronounce
1: too. Orion publishing as Orion. Because you just love that Oreo life. I <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> But um yeah sad for us. So clearly I'm doing it all the time. But I remember when I said Jess
0: it's Orion you were like no it's Orion like, as like in like start. Orion's belt and I was like yeah it's Orion's belt. <laughs> you were like what? I think you you YouTubed it to Yeah, well I
1: feel like I feel like there must be like an American film where they call it Orion or something. So I'm going to blame Or maybe you're like thinking Oregon. Mm Who knows? I don't know. I mean, you can call it what you want. Yeah, anyway. It's our pod, we'll do what we want. Yeah, Mick Reaver, Mick River. I'll try and remember to call him Reaver in this. God, it just <gasps> doesn't work. But um, anyway, when I found out that it was Mick Reaver, I was taken straight back to my childhood when I read Lemony Snicket* Series Unfortunate Events and the whole time I was reading the books I was pronouncing it Baudelaire Orphans and then I watched the Jim Carrey film and found out it was Baudelaire. yeah. I was really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Though to be fair, you were probably quite
0: young and you didn't know that B-E-A is like beau, like French
1: kind of. Yeah, but it's not in every word. I feel like there are some... We're going down a rabbit hole. Oh, we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> if you have any examples of when A-U makes an aw sound, <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up. Love to hear from you. <laughs> Younger me would love to know that she wasn't a stupid idiot. <laughs> anyway, I haven't even got to the synopsis. So... The synopsis, if you haven't read this book and it has somehow managed to pass you by, Mick Reaver, the famous singer, has four children who have become very well known in their own right as a result of fending for themselves for most of their lives. And at their annual end of summer party, it's their chance to blow off steam. But in 1983, things get a little out of control. Yeah, it's so good. So... The synopsis alone makes it sound like it's a lot... Like, the one on the book yeah. makes it sound like it is a lot about the party. Yeah. And so the present day is all told on, like, one day, and it's them, like, getting ready for the party, okay. and then it's at the party. What What year is it set in? So the party is in 1983. Okay. But the, the for me, the best part of the book is recounting all their, like, childhood throughout the 60s yeah. and the 70s. Okay. And oh, it's just flipping marvellous. Like... M- Mick Reaver. Reaver. River. Can I just call him Reaver? Yeah, go for it. Thanks. Exactly. Sure if, if you listen to this, Taylor Jenkins, really... <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, we can only dream by manifesting it, Lauren. Oh, all right, okay. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so he marries uh, a woman, and oh, I really love their mum. Like, she is just such a wonderful character. She has her own battles to deal with, and we meet her first and we meet her meeting Mick and then we meet her as she has these children and their family grows and it's just so amazing and it like totally sets the scene for why Nina, who is the elder sister, is exactly who she is today. So Nina is a surfer supermodel and she kind of had to use her looks to get money to like fend for the family. Okay, I won't spoil anything there. And then the uh the two brothers one of them is a surfer like a pro surfer and the other one is his photographer and then their youngest sister kit um is also very into surfing but she hasn't quite found her calling just yet because she's quite young as well love it yeah oh it's so good i just it's a slightly biased review for me because any like i love all books where there's lots of siblings and it's a big family because that's what i have also, it's quite a biased review because I love Taylor Jenkins Reid. And also, it's between past and present. And also, it has tick, fake tick, celebrities. Tick, 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 tick. So, <laughs> all of these components just make such a good book. Um, but uh, the she just always manages to get this, like, perfect balance of drama and mm. gorgeous loveliness and yeah, characterization. It's just so good. And the backstories are just they make the present day what it is I've seen a few people being like the party like I just didn't really care for it and it's like I think that's kind of the point actually yeah. You're just really invested in these characters that okay. yes there's other characters at this party because they had to be, they weren't just going to have a party with the four of them yeah and it's- does drama happen in the party yeah and like there's a few secrets that come out um, and oh, I mean I don't want to spoil anything so I won't but I did want to share one quote mm. from Nina let me show my book I just thought was lovely Even like out of the book Yeah um, So it is Nina understood Maybe for the first time That letting people love you And care for you Is part of how you love And care for them How Very sweet Because she's true the big true. sister um, So How many say did it get? It was five I did say it was slightly biased But also it is really good I gobbled it up in like a
0: d- Oh you're going to tell me I do that all the time All the time It's nothing <laughs> to me Literally on every podcast like I gobbled it up in a day <laughs> cool,
1: but the, like I, I read it in January and I can still remember so much about it. Yeah, that's that's the a sign of at the a end great end of book. August. That is a sign. Of yeah. great book, and it's so gorgeous. The cover is oh my god, stunning. She nailed it. It's very exciting for us. Why? For once, the UK cover was nicer than the US. <sighs> The US cover's still happens. nice. It's like blue water and there's a few I think oh, like yeah. surfers or swimmers. But ours is like pink and purple and splashy. Yeah,
0: that never happens, does yeah, it? Never. We always get the shit editions. Yeah.
1: So it was a great, great, great book for summer because the UK cover won. <laughs> All right. So I read that one. Is there one that you have read that I have not read to balance this out? Oh, good, good thinking.
0: Um... What have I read recently? I have read Sunset by Jessie Cave Which has been everywhere on Instagram I'm so intrigued by this book But I was a bit too
1: scared to read it Because I Mm. thought it might make me sad
0: So It's about two sisters called Ruth and Hannah And they are literally like everything to each other Hannah's four years older than Ruth um, So she takes on like the mother's mothering role And largely because their parents were quite absent Whilst they were growing up Um, But together, they're like each other's hype girls, punching bags, best friends. And they're probably quite codependent on each other. And they have this tradition where Hannah, who has like a big job in the city, takes Ruth on holiday every year. And the book starts with their trip to the Mediterranean. And now in my review on the gram, I said something tragic happens on this trip but don't think it's a spoiler in, in fact it's not a spoiler for me to say and you should probably be aware going in that the book is largely about grief because on that trip Hannah tragically dies and the book then is all about Ruth and she enters into this real period of loneliness and self-hatred and self-imposed exile from the world and she takes on this job serving coffee at Heathrow Airport, which she never says explicitly, but I guess it's because it was the last place she went to with her sister in the UK. I was so right. she, I couldn't have read this book. She feels like connected to her sister there, but she's still in that period of her grief and mourning where she's trying not to like think too powerfully or emotionally mm-hmm. and... So that's, like, subconsciously why, what's fueled yeah. her. But she's in, like, this real self thing, period. Um, and I think halfway through reading this, I actually googled Jessie Cave. Because I was like, I just want to know a bit more about her. Like, this book has been written so well from the per- perspective of grief. That I just wanted to know a bit about like, what her background was. And I found out so many interesting facts. So, (laughs) fact number one, she played Lavender Brown in Harry Potter. Did not know this. Oh. Yeah. Fact number two, this is her first piece of fiction. And she, like, usually is a playwright. And before this, she wrote a play called "Sunrise," <gasps> which is a one-woman show about her like life dating um, after, I think she went through a divorce or a breakup, and she then had like two small children to look after and how she like, went back to dating again. Oh, and. That great. Yeah, I listened to this podcast where her sister Bibi interviewed her about the book at Soho Theatre. And BB actually narrates the, uh, the audio book
1: love that
0: yeah it's so good um so she's basically like why did you like was there some sort of poetic license and why you called this sunset and your show was sunrise and she was like no i just couldn't think of the name (laughs) 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 i just love the honesty um and fact number three sadly her brother died two years ago and in her grief and attempt to process the death tragic death of her brother she She wrote wrote this this. book and it's almost like it was almost like a gift to her sister to say like to like like put into words exactly what they're both going through because they lost their brother so unexpectedly and they were both so angry and having to just live life again and go on as normal when this really horrible thing has happened so so many of the exact like little storylines in the book are like adaptations of what her and her sister went through like when they found out her brother died she went to wh smith's and bought five books on death and how how you're supposed to deal with death and that's what something that hannah in uh, ruth in this book does as well um so she yeah she just said like i just hope that it's a book that people can read if they are going through grief to see a side of grief that's um quite you know quite negative um but the evolution i put this in my review on on the grid the evolution of ruth's character is just so sublimely written it was just so beautiful and it didn't feel like a really depressing book it felt uplifting because it goes back and forth between past and present of the the tragedy of what happened and then the present day and and also like memories of the past so it feels like there are so many great moments of humor and it's quite comical in in lots of parts and i think if i i guess a lot of people might it might not be to everyone's taste in terms of writing style it's largely dialogue with very little description of landscapes, etc. But she said she personally doesn't like reading fluffy language, so she wouldn't... Why would she do that in her own book? And she's also a playwright as well, so yeah, that's I quite heavy. I
1: always Yeah, I read books so much quicker when there's speech.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I gobbled through this book. Mm. Not in a day, but probably close to a day. Um. So, yeah, she also said... When she reads a book, she was like talking about the the writing process for this one, and she said, "Well, when I read a book, I always love it when there's mentions of food, coffee, and sex." So she's like, "As a tick list, I wanted all of those three things in there." Love
1: that.
0: um So, what would your three be?
1: Oh, I think I've already said it when I was talking about Malibu Rising. What What's that, that it would be siblings, sibling relationships, switch it between past and present. And made up celebrities. <laughs> Whacking an old person. You've got yourself a... Oh, shit. I want them all to be old. <laughs> what are yours? Do you have three?
0: Um, I think back and forth between now and present. Daffo. Mm-hmm. I love... Ooh. What do I love? I'm going to have to think about this. I do love it when there's like... um. Like a crazy scene where I don't know like, a drama? Yeah, like a bit of drama. Okay. And you love it when there's a detective. Always. <laughs> always. We can't have that in every book. Hot though. Some of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's think about that. And a love story. I always like a love story.
1: Okay, so we're going for a love story between detectives that switches between <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Should we move on?
0: Yes. It was a high record for me. Not your, Maybe not your traditional summer read. Um, but it's called Sunset. But it's called Sunset. Mm-hmm. And it's they go on holiday. And it's been everywhere this summer. So <laughs>
1: it's a real journey. It is. Okay. Hit us with the one Jess. I'm taking us on to our next one. Okay. The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller was Everywhere, as soon as Reese Witherspoon announced it as the July book for her book club, and obviously we wanted in. Yeah. So the book is narrated by Elle, who grew up spending summers together with a friend called Jonas in Cape Cod, and now after all this time, they have slept together whilst their families were just inside. And over the next 24 hours, Elle must decide between the life she loves with her husband and children. Or the one that got away. Love how dramatic you read that. Thank you so much. I don't really get to do the synopsis much because (laughs) I hit you
0: with it. So again, this one switches between past and present, which we've already said. Recurring theme. We love. (laughs) So the present day plays out in 24 hours, like Jess said. And it's the build up to that event between... Ellen Jonas and the aftermath of what happens afterwards, or in the couple days afterwards, and it's ultimately her decision between which man she she'll to... she'll go with, yeah. whether it's her husband Peter or Jonas from her past, and it also sort of explores growing up with her like her her childhood growing up with her sister her relationship with her mum her relationship with her dad as well and how she met Jonas and also her husband Peter yeah. doesn't it yeah. so we did not expect this book to have such a dark past and storyline within it so we do just want to make sure that people go into this aware that there is a content warning that and there is a fairly descriptive Descriptive account of sexual assault on multiple occasions, and that's not a spoiler. We aren't telling you who, why, or what happened. I just want to make sure everyone um, who might struggle with that is aware going in.
1: Yeah, we always keep it spoiler free, but ultimately, content warnings are actually more important. And as Lauren said, this actually isn't one. No, Um, so you'll be fine. Go into it if you feel safe to do so, and you just wait and see what happens. Like us, so back to the book, we were genuinely guessing, like right up until the end, like did not know who she was going to pick. Um, and and I thought it'd be fun again, not spoiler, because regardless of the ending, which we won't mention, I thought we could each say who we personally, oh, yeah, okay, uh, Jonas and Peter. Who did you prefer? Team Jonas, all the way. (gasps) What I loved him,
0: I just thought he was like really sweet and funny he clearly loved her a lot and there were just a few moments where peter just pissed me off a little bit um but i think it's just like that is the dynamic of a relationship when you've been together for a really long time you're not going to be always sweet and lovely yeah. yeah but um i don't know there was just a side to me a dark side of me that just wanted her to oh. uproot change her whole life you know no, I was very drama anxious.
1: That's what oh, I wanted. No, see, I like a happy story. I was very much Peter. I I get the like raw passion of Jonas, but Peter is funny. He's really great with her difficult mother. He's a really good dad, um, and he clearly like absolutely adores her. Like in he their does. past, when we see the meeting, he's like really funny. He's it's a nice, British, cute, nice isn't it? It is. I just thought he was an absolute catch. Yeah, I just read the whole thing like don't you do this to Peter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right. He was very good with her mum. Her mum is pain in the arse. yeah yeah. Um, so it's really clever. You get to see how torn we were um, because of the way it's written. But El's past is just so part of who she is and why she is the person that she is today. And so, of course, Jonah is a huge part of that. And... Because how of how the author's chosen to reveal itself, she's all she's timed it. Also, it's
1: impossible to guess. Yeah,
0: who she chooses yeah. by the end of it.
1: Literally until the last page. Yeah, you had no idea. It was so good, and it was so descriptive, and the setting was like yeah. I felt like I was at like Cape Cod. I
0: also feel like that ending could have been interpreted. What? We can't talk about that here. In case no, no, can you just mime to me who, <laughs> who, who she left with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I know, but I felt like
1: that could have been interpreted, no? I'm going to have okay, to read anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> right, I'm going totally off topic of this book, but I saw a passage and I felt very much seen because I genuinely thought I was the only person in the world to occasionally have these like really weird thoughts. So I tabbed it while reading it. <laughs> going to get my book. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm admitting this but so she says where's the freaking bit okay so I've often fantasised about surviving alone on a desert island how I would live on fish build a treehouse high off the ground so that blah 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 she's just talking about like yeah. how she would cope if she was alone and she's like oh there would be like the complete works of Shakespeare and I'd read it all and I'd do loads of things and like I'm forced by circumstance to at least become my best self that supposed potential self And then she goes on to say, my other fantasies were prison or the army, some place where I had no choice, where every second of my day was prescribed, where I was too afraid to fail. And I genuinely sometimes, like, fantasise that if I was in jail, I'd be so ripped. So ripped! Right? Because what else is there to do with your time but just do sit-ups and things? And I genuinely think I feel like the only way I'm going to get to this is if I am stranded on a desert island or put in jail. I wouldn't
0: do it on a desert island, though. It'd be too hard I'd have so many excuses not to work out.
1: But I get what you mean. In prison, yeah. I'd be the best person. Desert island, maybe. That's where, like, complete works of Shakespeare Like, I'd read, like, yeah. maybe I'd finally read A Little Life, which I just can't bring myself to do otherwise. <laughs> but, yeah, I felt very seen. I thought I was the only crazy person to dream about being in jail. To better myself. (laughs) And then there was also another bit. Self-improvement to (laughs) the extreme. Honestly. I read it like, oh my god. And there was another bit, again, this has really got nothing to do with the plot, but I was at the seaside with my family the weekend before I read this book. And we were talking about the bit that goes in between your toes in flip-flops. Or if you're listening to this from Australia, you call them thongs over there. So... What would you call that bit that goes between your two toes? Oh, I mean, I've never really thought of it, but no, maybe I a hadn't. stump. Stump. Okay, so my sister went for like toe post. I can see where she's coming from. And my boyfriend went for something like web separator. <laughs> what? And I was like, you're all wrong. I don't know what it's called, but it's not any of those. And then I read this book, and she, she called. I think toe post is.
0: It's almost like a toe fence. It's like a fence fence in between your toes, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. But in the book, I then read a line and I was like, oh my fucking God, she's talked about what you call the bit in between flip flops. So the quote is When I tripped on a root and tore my flip flop apart, I sat down on the path to shove the Y back into the buttonhole. She calls it a Y because it is Y shaped. That's rogue. Oh, you don't appreciate that? No, to put my toe stump my toe fence <laughs> back into. I just think like, if I was reading a book and someone was like, the toe post really hurts on my shoes, I'd be like, what? I think the why is a bit more subtle. That's so
0: funny. It's just re- reminded me of this, like meme I saw on Instagram recently. It was like, if the person who named walkie talkies <laughs> named everything, then a defibrillator would be like a hearty starty. <laughs> I love that.
1: Oh, I love that so much. I almost wish I was a medical professional so that I could now be like, <laughs> Getting get out the, the hearty, hearty, hearty. hearty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that person might be me in another Onto life. something. So great. So yeah, totally off topic. But bringing it I love back, it. Paper Palace was very, very good. Yeah. high Reco. So good. Yeah. I loved. Lived up to the hype.
0: Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah. And it was a really enjoyable read. One of those books that, you sort of miss when you put it down yeah 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 you just want to just want to know what happens next and a long period away from it just isn't very nice yeah so it takes us on to our next book we also badly read this one and it's another Reese's Book Club pick, which is Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, which, as you might have guessed by the title, was her June pick. See what they did there? So clever. So smart. Um, Brooklyn Eye Eva Mercy is a single mum and best-selling erotic writer who is feeling pressed, um, from all sides so shane hall is a reclusive enigmatic award-winning literary author who to everyone's surprise shows up in new york when shane and eva meet unexpectedly at a literary event sparks fly raising not only their past buried traumas but the eyebrows of new york's black literati what no one knows is that 20 years earlier teenage eva and shane spent one crazy torrid week madly in love they may be pretending that everything is fine now but they can't deny their chemistry or the fact that they've been secretly writing to each other in their books ever since so over the seven days in the middle of a steamy brooklyn summer eva and shane reconnect but eva's not Sure, how she can trust the man who broke her heart and she needs to get him out of New York so that her life can return to normal. But before Shane disappears again, there are a few questions she needs answered.
1: Oof, so good. I have to say, this was a redonkulously easy book to read. Like oh my I god, could... I blew through it. Yeah. Did you, hang on, hang on. You listened to the audiobook, I right? I did. Love was it a good audiobook? It.
0: Yes. The author, sorry, the narrator who read it, I really loved her voice, and I really loved the voice she gave to Eva's daughter, Audrey, too. Mm. It was, like, really squeaky, and um, was exactly how I imagined her voice to be, like, well... Yeah, I just think she did a really good job reading it, and I was just so hooked. I was just reading it on, like, every train journey, making my breakfast every morning, to and from the supermarket, things like that. It was just a really nice little story to have in your ears. And I don't usually, like I've said in the past, listen to fiction on audio, but I loved it.
1: That's so good. Yeah. It was... Because I was reading it like, oh, my God, this is such a joy to read. Like, I was excited to pick it up each time. And same. so I'm so glad that that same thing comes across in an audiobook. Yeah, book. yeah. It's so good. So really running theme here, guys. <laughs> it switches between past and present. <laughs> <laughs> um, and So we get to see how Eva and Shane are when they first met as teenagers. And boy, I did not expect that to be as dark. So it did mention in the synopsis there about their traumas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Content warning there's like mention of self-harm and substance abuse. Yeah. And quite excessive. Boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um did you have a preference over what storyline or like era you preferred like was it present yeah. day or the past?
0: I really liked both and I genuinely think a spin-off could be made about their childhoods and the past more generally. But I really loved the present day, especially the scenes with her daughter, Audrey, who's a super woke kid who goes to a private elite school and gives Snapchat therapy sessions to her friends. It just really had me laughing. She was like drawing on all the Gen Z stereotypes. I loved it. Yeah.
1: And she like, I love that the mum commented on like, oh, my, like there's a line where she doesn't know where um, a place in Canada is, but she does know. Like, yeah. all these other things that they, she's like well, what are they them at this brooklyn school like stop teaching them how to be so woke and like teach yeah them <laughs> but um audrey's school and just the whole writing is very very modern and current for right now and it yeah. reminded me of do you remember when we went to see viva forever the spice girls musical oh my god yeah so good firstly i don't know it's not out anymore but it was so good when they did Two become one they didn't sing a certain line and the whole audience did do you remember they did um we the audience yeah. sang gonna make love <laughs> to you, baby and that wasn't in the script, but the whole audience did. That was a great night. But regardless, I remember when we watched that musical on the yeah. train home afterwards, we were like, it was a bit current. Like I feel like that's gonna make it dated because they were doing like LOL and all these things that were current at the yeah. time. And I remember and I thought about it while it's reading funny. this book because I was like, God, it's so current for 2021 how we'll this read in a few years but equally we've talked a lot about how we love nostalgia so i think it's going to be just fine
0: yeah and i i do just think like we're going to see more and more of this in books yeah um she mentioned like book fluences and yeah. tiktok and yeah just so many things which are just so hyper relevant yeah right now yeah well i think Snapchat that's kind out, of why i preferred
1: the present like you yeah
0: i think so too yeah.
1: and it's rogue for me because, I'm going to... Well, no, it's not really a spoiler to say that they reconnect in the present day. Yeah, it's in the blurb. Yeah. And so, this had me thinking about Bridget Jones's Baby, the film, the yeah. third film. I know that the film is different to the book, so let's pretend that the yeah. books don't exist. In the film, I was very, very cross that she was potentially going to rekindle her love with Mark Darcy. Because they broke up for a fucking reason. They did. And then he comes back on the scene. And so I'm very surprised that I like the present day in this book. Because they broke up oh, for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was actually really happy to have them back in the same circle again. In a way that I was very cross in Bridget Jones's. I baby. guess
0: because there was no one else on the scene. For either, True. yeah, because I
1: preferred Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, when he went all those oh, dates, what a and he's like, and on our second date, we. I know, that and then we it. had a fight. We had our first fight yeah. today. <laughs> oh my god! That really sealed the deal for me. It did. And any time Mark Darcy showed up with his miserable face, I was like, "Go away, <laughs> <laughs> happy with her, bore off Mark." <laughs> so yeah, rogue, but I did prefer the present day. Yeah,
0: me too. You you get the impression that there's a lot of history between these two characters even though they only met for seven days in june as teenagers as teens yeah but obviously what happens in those seven days is quite crush. quite dramatic and i also loved all of the little insights she gave us into the literary world of you know publishers and the edits to her book and the writing process
1: well yeah i think like in malibu rising i love the whole fake celebrity thing but then in this book she's like dropping real names Like she's on a, uh, she steps into the panel in the place of Zadie Smith. I was like, oh my God, like made the whole thing really
0: real. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I also think there were so many um, important topics she brought up around, you know, the black experience of the uh, publishing industry. Yes, I actually
1: tabbed a quote about that.
0: While you find your quote, I think the, the part that I found really interesting was obviously she's writing this erotic fiction book and it's being made into a film, but the directors and the producers are trying to get her to whitewash the film and saying to her, you know, the, the film just won't sell unless you turn your black characters into white characters, which is just fucked
1: up. Yeah. Um, I found my quote. Yeah, go on. It is... we are the publishing industry has a hard time processing black characters unless we're suffering we're expected to write about trauma oppression or slavery because those are easily marketable black tropes publishers struggle to see us having the same funny whimsical experiences that every human has because it would imply that we are human american society depends on the need to dehumanize degrade and deny the black man and it's so true last uh, um It was June, wasn't it, when the Black Lives Matter movement kicked Mm. off again. Everyone was rushing to read all these books written by black authors, which was fantastic and everybody should. But it was like everybody forgot that you're allowed to read a romance written by a black author. It doesn't have to be educational. It
0: can be books like this. Yeah,
1: and they can just write because they love writing and write about whatever topic. It doesn't always have to be about the black experience. And I thought this book was fantastic the way that it wove that in but equally yeah. it was still a romance between two yeah black people written exactly. by black people that was very clever it was so powerful so another high reco from us yeah really we really loved great it great summer mm-hmm. and so i am going to bring us full circle with a book that was likened to taylor jenkins reed's most popular book um and that was like the Book of the Summer a few years ago. That's Daisy Jones and the Sings. And this book is Songs in Ursa Major by Emma Brody. And I think it's I mean it's we know why it's likened to it. It's about the music industry in the 70s and to be fair the covers are also quite similar. They're very similar. <laughs> well, Jess, before we get
0: into Ursa Major. Okay. I shouldn't tell you something. Oh god. I've now read Daisy Jones. Fuck off! <laughs> oh, my God! After borrowing Did you it, love it, oh my God, it was so good. I actually listened to it on uh, Audible. I've heard really exciting things about the audio book. Fuck me, it was brilliant. Yeah. There were about twenty different people, yeah. and because it's written like a documentary, each person got had a different voice, had love a different character so speaking. To what they, they have to say. Did you so learn you learned that. easy. Yeah. Oh, so I, I learned really. to identify their voices quite easy. So I was like, oh, okay, Billy speaking or yeah. Daisy
1: speaking. You just Camilla love Camilla.
0: Loved her so much. Yeah, like, just really empathized character. with her. And I just love how um, she just took it all in her stride yeah. and just knew what she was entering into. So never asked Billy to be anything more than what he was, when they first met, I just thought, like, that's so wholesome of her, so, so admirable, Um, but oh my god, I just loved it, I just, you it's so immersive, and Daisy's obviously this quite dark character, and then the voice of the person who read her is, like, quite solemn, Mm. but really dramatic, Mm. and she's got, like, quite a, a wispy, Yep. Edgy Perfect. voice.
1: Loved it. Okay. So, if you want to hear us talk about that book more, go and listen to our Reese's Book Club episode, which was a few months ago. Yeah. Okay. Back to Ursa Major. Mm. I'm going to hit you with the synopsis. Hit me. <laughs> so, Jane Quinn's band hits the road with none other than Jesse Reed, the musician who's setting hearts alight everywhere. And as the summer streaks by in a haze of crowds, wild nights, and magenta sunsets, Jane is pulled into the orbit of Jesse's star. Jesse's rise could mean Jane's fall and when she discovers a dark secret beneath his music she picks up her guitar and writes her heartache into the album that could make or break her songs in Ursa Major.
0: Loved it and when I started reading it I was a bit annoyed I'll be honest because it is almost felt a little bit too similar to Deja Daisy Jones, and the six.
1: But um, I don't know. I feel like the reason I love Daisy Jones so much was because of the documentary style of writing. Mm. And this doesn't have that. Yeah. So for
0: me, they still felt yeah. like very
1: different books. True,
0: true. And I think it's largely they're just both set in the 70s around music. music careers and, yeah. and drama and love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> recipe for success. <laughs> so, um, the, but so the more the more novel went on, the better it got for me. And I did, by the end, I was just so invested in in it and every time we thought like, where are they gonna go from here? It feels like they're ending things. Something else would happen and something else would happen. So I also found myself thinking, like, how difficult it must be for an author not just to have to write a book, but write a load of songs for their characters too. Yeah. Because all the lyrics of the songs were mentioned because they played such a pivotal role in the development of the plot and, like, how the characters were feeling and what was going on for them and, like, in their personal lives. It's like, kudos. Wow.
1: Yeah. It was, and it was just so visual wasn't it i mean even the synopsis there where like they mentioned like the color of the sky and things like you can see that that's absolutely what this book is going to be about and i could just like so clearly visualize the scenes in my head like it felt like watching a movie yeah and especially like when they're on tour
0: and they're touring through america and the scenes where jane is in greece yes like just the imagery of the beach and like the little fishing town that she was staying in it just all felt oh. so idyllic especially in a summer where
1: we can't go on holiday oh we've got to get our <laughs> kick somewhere well, um, speaking of films it gave me real a star is born vibes yes oh my god Such yes a good film also can i just quickly shout out the soundtrack for a star is born i feel like everyone is very obsessed with the song shallow mm. shallows but the whole soundtrack is phenomenal it's banging, isn't yeah it? that's what i listen to most days when i work just is it all, all the songs from that oh yeah that's so good um so yeah totally immersive and on the surface like i guess it looks like a boy meets girl kind of love story but so much more to it so much more so much more to
0: it and jane is just like the female character that you want yeah because there is this boy that could supposedly give her everything and elevate her career, but she's so set on she's being her, her own, like, yeah. not having to lean on a man to find success, but, like, deserving it in her own right, which, again, really, really admirable female characters in these books.
1: Oh, so many. So many good ones. Did you have
0: a favourite? Um, I really liked her relationship with Loretta, I think, is it they went on tour together um she was i think one of the members in um the band Jess. um i'm getting all their names <laughs> up now jesse's band <laughs> i really like their little relationship because at the beginning they were quite icy to each other like how girls of like similar talent and beauty can be quite edgy towards yeah. each other and then they just warm to each other it's really nice yeah
1: um, i'm really happy for you but i was asking if you had a favorite book
0: Oh, of all
1: of this? <laughs> I thought I was going to let it go with it.
0: I'm saying rogue, okay. Um <laughs> go with it. Um, but an excellent answer, thank you. Um, Oh God, they're all so different. They are,
1: they really are. And
0: that's what makes it so great. Because yeah. I pretty much read all of these back to back. In fact, I did. Um, And that, it was great because they were all so different. None yeah. of them felt too similar. But I would say Sunset, you know. Oh yeah I just really really loved it yeah. yeah and I love like the back I love like knowing little yeah tidbits behind the writing process and what inspired that so it sort of helps bring the book to life a bit more yeah so what would yours be yeah.
1: um god it's really tough but I think it's gonna have to be Malibu Rising because I'm an absolute stan for TJR <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even read it this summer <laughs> I got the summary the book. was in back Jan. in Jan. We got locked down and I whipped out my book. Love it. Yeah. Oh, so good. We are giving you a chance to win September Book the Master Box which includes a half copy of Sally Rooney's beautiful Beautiful World, Where Are You? So if you love normal people or conversations with friends you do not
0: want to miss this. Ah, there are two ways to enter. If like me you get your podcasts on Apple and subscribe leave a rating and review and make sure you leave your
1: instagram handle as your nickname on the review and if like me you listen on to spotify or anywhere else then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on in your instagram stories and tag at the grueco's pink you that way
0: entries for the september box are open until monday the 27th of september and the winner will be announced on our instagram on wednesday the 29th of september
1: remember if you're listening to this at a later date then you won't be entered into this month Thank you
0: so much for listening. See you next
1: week.